but believe me, I'm smart. Not like they say. <laughs> I'm smart. <laughs> I'm smart. <laughs> I can contribute. <laughs> I can do things. <laughs> I can do things. I'm smart. Like everybody says. I can open checking accounts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't work a computer. <laughs> Welcome to Ear and Loathing, the 2024 version. What do you think of that? Shiny. I can't wait. <laughs> Shiny and lovely. <laughs> Bing! <laughs> it's been a long time since we did this thing we call Ear and Loathing, the number one rockers forever. That's us. Sure. And uh, I had a great break. How did you guys do? Huh, you know. Good break. Oh, yeah. Tasty break. Tan rested and ready. <laughs> Some jamming. Yeah. Worked on my lats. <laughs> you two worked on my lats, my quads. I'll break. <laughs> I curled up with a good book. <laughs> curled up with a good who done it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here we are. This is episode sixty-eight. What is sixty-eight? Oh, the greatest year to ever be born. Thank you very much. Yeah. We are the Gitmo Bros, the number one rockers forever. And please don't ever forget that. I don't care if it's a new year. You don't get to challenge us. It just carries on and well, on. That's why you said forever. That means each year. That's from the Latin meaning every year, asshole. Yeah. Infinity <laughs> to infinity. <laughs> Ad nauseum. <laughs> We're so good. It makes me want to throw up. <laughs> That's what nausea means. Yeah, that's what that Pretty sure. I took Come Latin. On. Don't fuck around with me. <laughs> so I am here with my fellow Gitmo bros, and uh, let's say hello to these guys. He is the foxiest little Lord Foxleroy I've ever met, <laughs> and he's going to say hello right now. Hey, I'm George White. It's 24. I want some more. You forget the hose. I miss my Gitmo bros. Yeah. yeah. woo <laughs> And he is calling from the North Star. He's my North Star. He's George's North Star. And I believe he's all the trainables North Star. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you say hello? Barringa, let my love open the door on two four. Do you hot? All right. Well, here we all are gathered together again for some torture songs, some sorbets, uh, just some mirth and merriment coming your way. And you know who's in the, the TC today, Mr. The guy who's opening your love door? That would be <laughs> a dog of the yeah. Brit clan. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a turn on or a turn off if you hear it? Open my love door. <laughs> that causes you pause. No matter if the girl's super hot, you're going to be like, whoa, whoa, what? That's kind of a, you pause in that. You, you pause. <laughs> There's some qualifying questions. <laughs> Which door? Door number three. You don't, you know, right. Open your door. I got a great knob. Thank you. <laughs> 
All right, so let's check in with our, our buddy, because we haven't talked to him in a month and a half or so. How is Clem? Yeah, I'm curious to see what he did over the holidays, you know. It's a new year for Clem. Let's see. He revealed earlier that he wants to uh, let us know what his New Year's resolutions are and, you know, kind of what his dreams and aspirations are for the for the new year for 2024. So let's check in with him and, and find out all of He's this. a full-time dreamer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so here he comes with all of his uh, beautiful thoughts. Come on, man. Hi there. Welcome to Kibitz Corner. Man, more of the same in 24. I missed him and everything, but I just, after that call from Frank, you know, uh, Frank Fountain, Frank yeah. Fontaine, rather. Yeah. Over Foff. You know, yeah, Foff. I, yeah, Fountains of Frank Entertainment. I kind of <laughs> expected a little more out of the guys, maybe something to. Yeah, his attorneys advised him just keep it to short and to the point. Don't reveal any information while the lawsuit's pending, you know. It's like when you're in a holdout at training camp or something. You don't want to get injured and fuck it up and, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, Short and to the point. That's gubernatorial. Short and his head comes to a point. <laughs> <laughs> That's goobs for you. <laughs> Got a very distinct silhouette. <laughs> Just like grandpappy notorial. <laughs> All right. Well, what do we have here in now that you've been uh, ushered into the kibitz corner by our pal Clem? What does Aaron have to say to all of us? You know, after a couple of years of doing the pod, you know, it's a lot of grab ass talk. A lot of uh, rock talk, a lot of uh, boobies and butt talk, a lot of ladies and gents and their special places talk. I figured, you know, a little bit of fucking class, you know what I mean? A little bit of fucking uh, education, a little bit of literary uh, thoughts. And that's why I thought we should do a new segment called Looks at Books. (laughs) Here we go. Books. Gitmo's look. Look at books. Gitmo's look at books. <laughs> Can we hear that again, please? All right, here we go. <laughs> so short. Books. Gitmo's look. Look at books. Gitmo's look at books. <laughs> Was that Survivor? Yeah, it's the, yeah. Okay. It's the, it's the opposite of Barry Manilow's uh, We Wrote Some Songs. It's, yeah. it's, it's 12 seconds. Tight. It's beautiful. What yeah. I didn't have time to think of a melody because I made the sample. I, I had it ready to record, but I didn't know what, like, what was I going to say? It's the first thing that happened to me was what came out right there. So you can tell yeah. where my heart's at. Yeah, the Tie of the Tiger, I thought. Oh, looks, yeah. looks at books. <laughs> books! <laughs> So this is looks <laughs> at books. Okay. Um, I'm, I've been doing uh, a ton of audiobooks over the last year. Or so I've been doing this uh, hiking project out here uh, where I live. And, and so I, I love oh, to have, right. rather than just listen to podcasts all the time, like a fucking degenerate, I thought, <laughs> I mean, there's some books that I wanted to fucking listen to. And so uh, I started doing that. And uh, Andy Levy and I sort of trade off. Sometimes some great books, uh, and then most of the time, though, it's like some sort of like goofy historical fiction where it's just like good getting from here to there kind of entertainment. Late in the year, I had heard that Getty Lee's book was out, and I was planning on reading it and hadn't pulled the trigger on it. And then Josh Pickering sent me a photograph. He said, oh, I'm reading this. It's very good. And so I said, I got to fucking do it. It'll be perfect. So I just finished 
something really heavy. It was uh, a, uh, a book on the uh, CIA, which was a laugh a minute. And, and so I wanted, I was like, fuck it. I, I got to do something light. And so it was good. And it was interesting because, so where do I stand with Rush? Uh, as a kid, I, I appreciated them. Their musicianship was like, you know, you just couldn't fucking shake a stick at it. Even before I was playing music, I knew what was up with them. But because they didn't translate to girls, I sort of, I had a, I had a low ceiling for my love for the Rush. And then I saw them in 86 on the Power Windows tour. And I thought they were great. And the first time I'd ever seen, I'd seen a lot of punk shows prior to then. And we had seen uh, In Excess together the year you know, a few months before then, but I had never seen a rock show with lasers. <laughs> it's the first <laughs> laser oh, show. Yeah, mandatory. Yeah, it's like rock and rad. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I was just really impressed with them. And then as years went on, I, you know, into the, into the 90s, I started becoming friends with a lot of folks up in Canada. And it was interesting to me to realize then that I thought they were sort of Canada's favorite sons, but to learn that like when they were starting, it was a much harder hill for them to climb to be loved in their own country. We got them first, uh, as sort of, sort of like getting them. Um, didn't Detroit, and, you know, they, uh, Cleveland, welcome them. Cleveland. Was, uh, okay. Got it. Yeah. It was a gal there who played working man off the first record. And the impression was that it was a new Zeppelin song. <laughs> Oh, right. Yeah, they were very different before Neil, yeah. Yeah, and because of Ged's voice and because they were an unknown commodity, they were like, oh, high voice at that time, got to be Zeppelin. Working Man specifically is kind of right in the middle of Zeppelin, and the riff is very Sabbath. Mm, um, yeah. But I, I sort of, because I, we got very close with a lot of folks out in Canada, particularly like in the 90s, um, hanging out with a lot of Canadians, God bless them. Just so sweet. And like in my, and my love only sort of grew and I started developing this other pride in them uh, for some re weird reason. Just they're, they're just a sweet people. And of course, Rush, in my impression, without knowing tons of details, I was believed to be just sweet fucking guys. And then when I met Joey in 95, I think, when I met Joey, he was a huge Rush fan. And so in an effort to, uh, be close to my new drummer, uh, Bataria mate. I wanted to learn more about them. And so he, he got a healthy dose of shit about Love and Rush from us, but also I quietly was supportive when nobody else was listening. That sounds weird to me that people would make fun of other musicians for liking Rush. Right. I, my whole <laughs> recollection was everyone loved Rush. It's not, I guess, quote unquote, cool. They're not the coolest band in the world. People who are great musicians or appreciate musicianship and stuff, they, you know, they're loved. But they're just, they're, their fans are like loyal. And, and so for all these reasons, I was like, I know that their story is impressive. And so I'm interested in, in hearing about it. And a few things stood out. First of all, it's read by the man himself, Getty Lee, oh. bass player for the rock and roll band mm. Rush. Yeah. And he's just the fucking sweetheart of a man. His <laughs> voice is sweet. The way he phrases things are sweet. His, his Canadian, uh, the way he ends phrasing, like, and they're, they're, you know, they're just, they're just not a drama filled act. And they like, they all three love each other. It's like the polar opposite of reading the dirt, the Motley Crue book where everyone hates each other. Everyone's plotting against each other. Everyone's <laughs> a fucking cocksucker. That is not the case with Rush. A few well-placed barbs here and there to cut somebody down, but like it pretty much it seems like everybody just made fun of Alex. <laughs> because Alex is <laughs> easy to make fun of. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
apparently Alex is the type of guy who's always got some kind of crazy plan in mind and some kind of crazy scheme he's working on. And he sounded suspiciously like me. Uh, in that regard, <laughs> some weird idea about a particular kind of juice or something, you know, so like, or like oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> I'm dysfunctional in that same way. And, but they're just glorious, sweet, sweet, sweet men. And, and, uh, I didn't anticipate that there's a large section of the book right in the first section that, um, Getty did a lot of research into his family, uh, experiences during World War II. Yeah. And, uh, Jewish family in, in Poland, and they were as deep as you could be in the concentration camp system. And so he has an incredible amount of details that he researched with people who were experts in that and was lucky enough to have a lot of family around who's still okay to talk about it. So it was just incredible. Like, I can't say enough. If it was just that, I would say that you guys, I would get my highest recommendation. But he does it so tastefully, and I want to say practically, because, I mean, you don't need to tart up that story. It's just... But the stories that he tells and, and the, the human experience of that and how his parents ended up finding each other in this fucking hellscape is just astonishing. And so for that alone, I would say, please, guys, read that book. It's well worth it. And uh, I tell you that it didn't make me miss being in a band, band, but it made me deeply miss all of my bros a lot and the closeness and the camaraderie that comes out of being involved in a band. And it was, it really had that effect because they love each other so overtly. It was just a real pleasant, warming thing. A ton of great details. I don't want to uh, ruin for anybody, but I can't recommend it enough. It's my favorite book that I've read in years. It's glorious. And please read it. Even if you ain't like a Rush fan, it ain't, it, it's not really about that. Trust me. There's more, there's more to be had in that. So I wanted to suggest that to my bros and to anybody who cares to listen to us. Um, that's what I would suggest. And I don't know if you'd heard anything about it or if you're interested in that or anything, but that was something that I want to let you know. And, uh, that's what we do on, uh, looks on books. That's what, that's what we do. <laughs> I had heard about the book and was interested in it. And I think I'm just going to buy the, the regular sort of like not print version, but the digital download version, as opposed to the Getty Lee narration version. Cause I hear mm -hmm. he plays bass pedals while he narrates his book <laughs> and he you. can move the microphone with his with his schnozzle <laughs> yeah of course uh, but uh no i'm in fact that was kind of on my list my my short list of next books i want to read because like you i just find those guys so charismatic and i'm not a huge fan of their music at all but i'll sit there and watch that documentary once a year right. Yeah, you know it's now kind of dated it's probably what like 15 years old at this point was it the beyond the lighted stage is that what it's called? It's like two so. hours, two and a half the hours. The good one where they're, so, yeah. they're all involved yeah. in it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Neil's gone now and, mm -hmm. you know, they're essentially defunct. But right. um, I'll still watch it just because those guys are so likable. And I, I may be the one guy on the planet. Have we talked about this before? I don't It seems familiar, but hmm. maybe not. Was it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame where Alex Lifeson did that blah, blah, blah thing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious and it made sense. I knew what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. And I thought a lot of people thought it was r ridiculous and annoying, but I just, I thought it went right to their charm, you know? Yeah. That apparently is a very good, like I was saying before, like they like to fuck around with him. And that sort of upset them both at the time because they, they had all had sort of a kind of a snotty attitude going into it because they'd been denied for so long. Yeah. 
Again, we're getting it in areas of the book that are really lovely and I don't want to fuck around with um, because the way it's told is, is lovely. Well, we're hitting like big plot points that everyone knows about. Everyone knows they're in the Hall of Fame. You know, we're not ruining that for anyone. <laughs> but Getty was like, suddenly he started to realize what it meant to him. And, then, and he they had an agreement that the speeches were going to be one way. But then Alex just fucked around. And he just pulled the rug out from everybody and did his thing. But like, I'm more in your court with it. I was like, more power to him. Like, this is your time. This is your thing to do it any way you want. And by the way, you should have a healthy amount of disdain for everything that's going on here, considering this is rock and roll and fuck Jan Winter. So yeah. fuck <laughs> off. And they, yeah. they were still sweet and showed up and, and gave it that kind of respect. But that's because of their peers. Certainly ain't because of fucking Jan Winter's plan. Fuck that guy. It's because Dave Grohl said it was okay. It's the same thing with Kiss when they when a guy from Rage Against the Machine said, "Oh, by the way, I like them." And then Rian went, "Okay, well, that would cool." And then yeah. then they did that great performance with Taylor and and yeah. Matt. And they did twenty one twelve, right? Didn't they do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think that and um, good choice. I think Tom Swear. So like, it was, well, but you like, have to, yeah, right. Yeah. But it's just fucking great. And like, yeah, I think that you're right, Dave. And I think that there's really, really sweet. They're fucking Canadian, man. I don't, I don't want to like. <laughs> I fucking, I just love them so much. I've been lucky enough to meet like very, very fancy Canadians. And then like rookie class blue collar Canadians. And they're all the same. They're all the same kind of sweet. It's great. And I, I remember in high school, you talked highly of your Canadian girlfriend. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I was cheating on her with all my American ladies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a traveling man. I'm so tight about my fake Canadian girlfriend. What, what, what a border <laughs> conflict. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Send me to The Hague. <laughs> Anyways, I can't recommend it enough, man. And I, I hope that you do get it, Damon. And Georgie, I, I think you would love it. It's just, it's such a, it's so great. Great, great, great. I can't say enough about it. And and then it's like the rocker in me and the, and, the, and the guy who lives away from all of it, you know, all of his friends, it touched me in all those kinds of ways and was just so great. Uh, so, you know, it meant a lot to me and thinking, reflecting on what the pod means to me and what our relationship means to me, despite the fact that we do terrible things to each other. Um, <laughs> it made me feel all those things like really deeply, like thanks to old Ged. So I shall be purchasing that. I, I will too. I'm a, I'm, I've been a Rush fan for, you know, in, like everyone else who was 14 or 15 years old. Right. Uh, moving pictures changed my life. I mean, that's still fucking great. Yeah. In my top, you know, like I, I wore that record out, you know, <laughs> that's fucking awesome, dude. And, yeah. and you just, you, you just hear about the, I mean, their work ethic is so lovely and some really funny stories about like, they're very close to the guys in Kiss, so there's great stories there. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. some some call outs on some people who are fucking shitty, and it's rad. And he does it, and he and he sort of holds back, like I don't mean to say this, but it's <laughs> like his Canadianness keeps him from being a real son of a bitch about people he's got a lot of venom for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I truly, I, I just I'm repeating myself now. So honestly, it just it's a it's a big love and a big recommendation. And what's the title? My effing life. My effing life. All right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. He's so sweet, he won't even swear. No. He won't. I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> and I will, I'll fucking listen to it again, man. Like, it's it's the kind of thing where I'm already thinking about it again. Um, it's just so many moving pictures. pictures. <laughs> hey, oh. So that's Thank a look you. at books for me from my perspective. I don't really do audio books that way because I, I my, my mind tends to wander. Mm-hmm. Like even like at a, at a podcast, like if I'm even our podcast, I'm sure all of our listeners experiences frequently 
your mind just sort of goes, oh, I guess I should go to the grocery store. Oh, I missed that fucking thing they were just talking about. Now I have to rewind, you know, but right. if I can yeah. read it myself, I'm going to, I think I'm going to get, even though as, as lovely as it would be to have Getty Lee's voice in my ears, I think I'm going to go for the, the digital version. Yeah, if you really enjoy it, I would suggest just getting it because it's fun to hear him go back and tell particular parts. So like, by whatever way you want to consume it, I, I can't recommend it enough. I just want people to read it. Cool. And so, yeah, do the do the looks at books wrap up again because I, I stepped on it. That's looks at books. <laughs> that's a theme song we can play again because it's only yeah, seven seconds right. long. <laughs> I yeah. want you to play it all the time. Books, get most look, look at books, get most look at books. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that uh, Chrissy Hine uh, uh, vibrats really comes through when you speed up your voice. It does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful presentation beautiful <laughs> well that is a lovely uh discussion point looks yeah. at books and, looks just, at books. and nothing ended up with uh, henry kissinger's butthole there's yeah. nothing about finger blasting and i wanted to i wanted to say what do you mean never seen a laser show you never tried to finger blast at lazeri mcgriffin park <laughs> <laughs> were you alive in the 80s <laughs> yeah the only only disappointing part of looks at books is there's no three input gals <laughs> <laughs> well, it's where I was talking about Rush, so Rush and books, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, nice try with your long sort of like book report on <laughs> on Rush Damn. and, you know. You're smart and no yeah. boobs. And you know. yeah. <laughs> books! <laughs> we got Tolstoy over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> hey! All right, but but now you know where you got to go. Yep, I, and I have it, I have it coming. If anybody did, it's me. Yep. <laughs> All right, here we go. Come on down. down, down. Torture no! chamber. Okay, I'm not gonna bullshit you. Okay, I don't really give a good fuck what you know or don't know, but I'm gonna torture you anyway. Suffering. Suffering. Anger. Torture. All right, here we are in the torture chamber. Of course, A Dog is now sitting down there, and George and I are up up on the. Fuck you! <laughs> Looking down and giggling and laughing. <laughs> While we were on the break, I did a lot of research into the government math, the math that they want mm, you to use. Mm, I, I went time well sure. spent. Yeah, I did. Sure. I looked at a lot of YouTube videos by guys in hats, and I went to some presidential rallies. And uh, did you get an abacus? You get any kind of abacus <laughs> involved in this? I had a sundial and an abacus. <laughs> Some like stressed out woman in severe black frames somewhere like in a parking garage <laughs> speaking to you from the front of her Tahoe. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, YouTube? <laughs> What's going on with Joe Biden? Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Get a fucking life. Get out of the parking garage. So what the government doesn't want you to know is that... Mm -hmm. I need to go first, because as you recall, the last episode that was not a Christmas episode or a year-end wrap-up was uh, George in the Torture Chamber, and uh, that episode I did Think Once You Understand. Things mm. get a little easier. And then Aaron did <laughs> My Friend. <laughs> My Friend. Frankie Lane. <laughs> and Aaron went first, Aaron and Frankie went first, and Damon and the Thinkers went second. So that means I have to go first today. Nice. You know who loves it when you break it down like that? Damon is uh, 
Well, everyone, but particularly Andy Levy. Oh, he, he does? <laughs> it makes him laugh. When you, it's when an you important accounting. <laughs> <laughs> you put on that little, like, green accounting cap, and you yeah. have that crazy, like, lawyer visor, lamp. poker, visor, <laughs> Korean lady, golfer, visor. <laughs> working, working some microfiche. The fucking fiche! <laughs> He's crunching numbers with that rhythm of the calculator. Pump, pump, can't. Pump, pump, can't. <laughs> <laughs> Adding machine, tearing off the tape. Pump, 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 pump. <laughs> Andy's shower speeds up a little bit in that section. He's kind of put some pep it. in his steps. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I guess uh, I'm going to start here, and I'm going to take Aaron back to the year 1983. Uh-oh, the 80s. Mm-mm. I'm going to say it does come from a department, believe it or not. And uh, see if you can fit this on the door. From the... Before you play the next number, can I request the sound of silence? You mean the song? No, I mean actual silence, department. <laughs> the other guy scratching that off, <laughs> off, the, that's off the door. <laughs> so uh, let me start the song. I'm going to send you guys some lyrics just because, you know, speaking of torture, it's going to upset you. Yeah, should I reveal this? It's going to reveal itself very quickly, so I can reveal this now. Aaron kind of cued this up for us a couple times. George never took the bait, but I just did, and here we go. <laughs> All right, before it starts. Cars are cars. <laughs> what? Cars are cars. <laughs> All right. Paul Simon. Yeah. Cars are cars. This is from the album Hearts and Bones. It's a Paul Simon classic. Called Cars Are Cars. Aaron's referenced it a few times. I just thought, well, you know, if he's gonna drop it in my lap, I'm gonna let him show roll with it. it. Yeah, right. Here we go. I'm gonna send you guys lyrics while we're while we're listening for a second. Okay. Cars are cars all over the world. Cars are cars all over the world. Similarly made, similarly sold. Okay, I I gotta send you these lyrics before we carry on because like for a guy who's written at this point in his career. Possibly some of the best songs ever in the rock genre. Yeah. Lyrically, melody. Melody, yeah. Just like his instincts as a songwriter, craftsman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Just like the amateurishness of this song is just, it, it boggles the mind. Here, here come the lyrics. Who would put the word similarly <laughs> into a song like that? And if you're going to, make it fit right. It, does, it doesn't even scan properly. <laughs> you can't put similarly... And he says it twice in, in a row. Groove. He says yeah. it, yeah. He says it twice in a row. Similarly made, similarly sold. I'm, like, I can't believe I just got through that sentence without fumfering. You know that the engineer was fucking making the jack off motion. Fucking shut up, dude. As I read these lyrics, I was just thinking, wouldn't this be rad if Gary Newman sang this? <laughs> sure. I mean, it looks like a punk rock song. Like that, 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 that chorus looks like a simple punk rock song. <laughs> or like in a strange way, like these, it's coming from Paul Simon. It has this other sheen to it. As I look at this now, I've never thought of this until just now. As I was looking at that first sentence, that's a very David Byrne sentence. Like if he was doing his sort of like, as we've discussed with them before, like that sort of alien, this is my street. This is the street on where I live. Yeah. I have a job. I need a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need food. Those kinds of things where like you could do that, but like Paul Simon doing it and that just gets way crazy. 
it's upsetting. And yeah. like, if you look at the the lyrics to, let's say, "Burning Down the House," even mm-hmm. like those those are mean nothing, and they're kind of right. crummy lyrics, really, if you just read them as words on a page. But that song is so fucking good yeah. that you don't care. And you know, a guy that I still haven't subjected you to him yet is uh, Donovan has a lot of these kind of cutesy little songs, but the melodies are so beautiful. And to me, he's got such a pleasing voice that, that you right. don't mind. So I'm, I'm okay with stupid lyrics, but this, this song is also like sitting on a bed of, of like shitty synthesizer crap too. Yeah. 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 1983. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's uh, enjoy a little more of, uh, of cars are cars. Cars are cars. <laughs> In a motorcade, abandoned when they're Cars are cars all over the world. On top of how annoying the song is just to the you know the, <laughs> the general listening public, to Aaron in particular, he's given you some real hard R's. Yeah, yeah. It's and cars are cars. <laughs> yeah, and he car, didn't like get in a fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> we had him good up until this time. Like I would reckon that by and large, this is his first absolute misstep in a the S and G catalog. Then he had the beautiful Paul Simon seventies shit. That I fucking love. Yep. Uh, 50 Ways. All the way to the end of the 70s. He was yeah. pretty great. He was fucking great. Like, how can you do that? That's hard to do. You know, going solo and not having a real shitter, you know? And then he gets to <laughs> the 80s. Oh, <laughs> Paul. He, meaning that, like, he started doing that kind of enunciation kind of thing as well. And, yeah. And, but this is really bad. You're right about that. Ours. Ours are ours. <laughs> ours are ours. <laughs> they drive real far. <laughs> ours are hard. So is he saying, I've tried to figure this out before with this with this jam. So is he saying, much like people, like let's let's not give each other a hard time because we wouldn't like one Buick doesn't look at a, you know, one of those weird kind of Russian cars and go, hey, you suck. He doesn't have any awareness of him. They're both cars. They leave it at that trying to say that we shouldn't care about each other's differences. Well, there's a real kind of clunky jalopy, if you will, uh, <laughs> bridge <laughs> where, where um, he tries to sort of explain the point of this cars are cars metaphor where it goes into the, we've got a while before we get there. So let's wait till we get there because yeah. I, I would like some analysis of that because I, it's so reaching. Like I could even see like a, like a weird, metaphor that you were going for and then if it pays off at some point cool it never pays off it doesn't make any sense (laughs) that's a great little musical bridge there (laughs) surprised there wasn't a saxophone over it Jesus, what was that? I don't so even I know. You, I thought you made a mistake and had another song on it. <laughs> I was like, what happened? I thought something happened. Or he has like he had like he's keeping just to pass the time while the engineer's moving mics around. Like he has a stupid <laughs> like my first Casio in there with him and he just right. like makes yeah. silly noises to make them laugh. That he just bumped it with his knee. <laughs> oh god. Leave it on the track. Everything's so stupid anyways. All right. Cars are cars. Cars are cars all over the world. Engine in the front, Jack in the back. What are those that singing group of guys who failed as, as real musicians, so they just became a kids group and then they became huge? The Wiggles. The Wiggles. Yeah, this is like a fucking Wiggles song describing what a car is. And it'd be a big hit. Kids would love For this. the kids, yeah. The Wiggles should cover this. Yeah, I mean, this <laughs> you're right about that, Damon. Like, you probably, like, you play it and have your kids sing it in the car. Like, oh, yeah, no, this is just the car. 
Wheels take the front, pinion and a rack. Get it? Pinion and a rack? Rack and pinion? Yeah, I, I got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rhymes with back. You can't say rack and pinion because it has to be, wouldn't rhyme with back, would it? It's a nice rack in my opinion. Oh, oh come on. You know, Art was sitting back going, like, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Art figures into this, by the way. There's, oh, there's, I, I, I know part of that story. But no, yeah. when, when, you, when you said that, Aaron, I think like Art just went over a big chalkboard and it says, <laughs> it says Garfunkel Simon. And Simon, it's like, there's like 48 points. He just goes like this. He puts a one next to Art or next to, it's to Garfunkel. <laughs> On the board. One. On the one. board. <laughs> one, one for Garf. <laughs> the Garf strikes. This is my, my comeback is, uh, is, uh, is on the march. <laughs> Avalanche starts with a pebble, fellas. The warmest turn for the Garf. <laughs> Garf's on the board, 48 to 1. <laughs> Why, what do you mean? Have you heard cars are cars? Oh, right, you're right. That's a failure. That's a point two. for me. That's a point for me. Everyone knows it. It's, it's clearly it's a point for Garf. <laughs> Garf's on the board. <laughs> oh, isn't that not the name of an album of his? <laughs> Garf's on the board. <laughs> oh, God. That's great. Somebody make a t shirt with that on. Just Garf, Garf looking out at you. <laughs> yeah, why wasn't Garfunky uh, like a, a disco album from. <laughs> That he did. That would have been a great. terrible mistake. Somebody came to him with that idea. They yeah, had to. Totally. I refuse to believe that didn't happen. And they went, <laughs> we got the guys that played on I'm a Robot Man. Come on. This is going to be great. <laughs> um, I'll pass. Thank you. <laughs> Wait for Paul to get his shit together. <laughs> All right. Now, here comes that bridge that, like, we're hearing this kind of bad islandy song. It's like, the, a, it, it's, like it's trying to be tropical like on a cruise ship or something. And then it goes into this fucked up bridge. And then here's the lyrical change. And we can talk about it afterwards. Cars are cars all over the world. Cars are cars all over the world. But people are strangers. They change with the curve. This is two song ideas, Paul. <laughs> it is. I was just going to say. That's it's a not, good... doesn't count. What just the bridge. I know. And it's bad, too. Yeah. It's not a good section. If you're going to, I don't care if you change a whole section in a song, that's fine. But it, this is a shitty section. Mm-hmm. This should have been left as its own song on the shelf that he never, that never saw the light of day. And it was clearly like, uh, th- uh, this was a placeholder. I'm going to put a transition. I mean, what am I, an asshole? Paul <laughs> fucking Simon. Yeah, I could figure one out. I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, if I'd want to, I could. I gotta tell you guys, I I can smell the tie stick from here. Just <laughs> I mean, Paul Simon, right? Come on, man. I mean, come on. <laughs> no, think about it. I mean, cars are cars, you know. Yeah, come on, man. Far out, right? I mean, it's true. I mean, can you can you say that it's not true? Fucking <laughs> shut up, Paul. I can smell the poo poo stick. Harry, come over here. Come on, tell him. <laughs> Lauren, stick. Am I right? <laughs> It's not your best work, Paul. <laughs> you guys have to help me figure out this bridge. It doesn't make any sense, but let's finish it first, and okay. then we'll then we'll chat. Right there, 
It sounded like he was trying to flag that. Like he started, like he made eye contact with a waiter and he thought that the waiter saw him. And he's like, hey, if I could just, oh, God. Because he, he walks <laughs> if I could get it with. <laughs> Aside of, I, guess he, I guess he didn't sorry. hear me. Anyway, what were you saying? <laughs> he's in the middle of a conversation with somebody, but sees the waiter. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. I like ranch with my fries. I just. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just. You were saying I want to this, be a garf about this. But. I want more vinaigrette. I, I, I need more vinaigrette. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I was thinking about this. We'll get to the lyrics in a second, but the people are strangers. It's to me like aside from maybe ten songs, Sting's entire solo career is based on this bridge. It's true. It's fucking true. It's fucking true. Really, everything on Nothing Like the Sun sounds just like that. <laughs> Is that the loot one? <laughs> no, no. This okay. is the second solo record okay. with, with the uh, exception of uh, Lazarus Heart. The rest of that album is dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, now here's this, this sort of um, really difficult metaphor he's trying to lead us to. So talking about the cars and he's sort of describing them. Okay, fine. It's quirky. It's I guess it's supposed to be a little bit even cute. But now he's in this mellow gold section about people are strangers they change with the curve meaning a curve that a car drives around and then from time zone to time zone people around the world i guess he's saying Mm -hmm. as we can observe is just a stupid rhyme with curve and then and now here's the big i guess social commentary they shut down their borders and think they're immune from what being a car yeah i was gonna say like from yeah do you think he's going using like you say cars are cars cars are cars and now he's saying immune like auto immune Is this an is this an AIDS allegory? Oh, so they'd be immune to the other diseases, autoimmune from the board. They close the borders, and okay, I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. All right, yeah. God damn it, that's stupid. Yeah, the whole and then shoot at the moon. It's just like a bunch of stupid rhymes, and it it doesn't make any sense. Like I'm usually pretty good at at figuring out even the subtle, like nuanced, you know, hidden meanings and songs and stuff. This one is just garbage. He was just rhyming shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. This bridge pisses me off more than even the hard R's on the on the, on the chorus. <laughs> there goes Ryman Simon, and some wish he would stay there. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep driving, Paul. Thanks. <laughs> driving in your cars, our cars. What? <laughs> what, what was that like? Uh, like the Oasis guys? Well, couldn't think of you know much that rhymed with down the hall other than cannonball. Right. <laughs> then now we, we were done. Song written. Done. Cars are cars. Fuck off. Yeah, it's just a lot of more of the same. I mean, I, I guess we've got kinda... an accent coming up that's fun. Oh, right. The drive him on the right deal he does? Yeah. Is he trying to do like an island accent or something? I think he's doing George Harrison because he goes to a Liverpoolian accent when he goes on the other side of the road. I didn't know what he was doing. I thought he just like brought in the janitor to, to do a voice or something. <laughs> he brought in Neil Diamond. Somebody... <laughs> So, yeah, so George, just so you know, you can't tell where, where we're listening now, but there's that line coming up. You can drive him on the left. You can drive him on the right. And then the left line is in the left channel and the right right one's in the right. It's amazing production. It's clever as fuck. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That, oh, I that get was it. The, engineer, yeah. the engineer who made that call is the engineer who's doing the jack-off mode yeah, that guy <laughs> earlier. Try anything to save this song. You know it would be clever. <laughs> what, a theremin? <laughs> yeah. I don't think we can get one at this no. hour. I don't think it'll help with this, but uh, but we put the left and the right. I think that'll be something people. He does the left and the right, and the other the assistant engineer like rubs his shoulder and goes, "You just saved the record, bro." 
You did. <laughs> it saved it. It saved it. All right, come on. Just saved it. And shoot at the moon. Cars are cars. Ah. And the Shut 80s up. drums and all this into with the and the crack and the. I'll reveal this right now. The Lynn drums are credited as being programmed by Paul Simon and, oh, no one, Niall Rogers. Ugh. Niall is also playing guitar on this. He brought the tie stick. <laughs> <laughs> Did Niall produce the record? No, he just, I guess, was in it for, this, for the sesh. Wow. It was uh, Roy Haley, who was, uh, you know, the S&G producer, and a couple other dudes. Um, who cares? Wow. They probably don't want their name associated with us. Sounds like Roy was taking a nap. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I think. All right. All over the world. Cars are cars all over the world. We could drive them on the left. Drive them on the right. Susceptible to theft. Oh, I guess we just missed his stupid accent. <laughs> Susceptible to theft? Yeah. Right. Susceptible, Damon. <laughs> this is a, a, a pop song. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah this whole this speaking of those drums and this and the guitar and this sort of islandy vibe this reddit user american water they were talking they were talking about like the their their most hated paul simon songs <laughs> and this one gets a lot of votes and this says his quote is uh this song is like if paul wrote the entire graceland album after getting conked on the head by a coconut <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. It kind of sounded like Call Me Al, but like the, like the you know, the trainable version. Right. <laughs> like on the way to being Call Me Al. Yeah. 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 There's just way too much Paul, not enough Ladysmith Black Mabazo. <laughs> yeah. Not enough uh, Los Lobos that he could steal the entire arrangement from. Yeah. Jeez. Come on. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Uh, here we go. In the middle of the night, cars are cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So coming up is another bridge, but it's different lyrics now. And I'll give you a little bit of a Garfunkel anecdote, because this Hearts and Bones album was originally intended, I guess they had done that really popular, well-received concert in the Central Park, right. which was their first time working together in like 10 years or something. And then followed it up with a tour. And I guess the vibe was good enough because they famously didn't like each other that much. They decided, well, let's just make an album now, a new Simon and Garfunkel album. And so most, if not all of these songs on this album were intended to be a Simon and Garfunkel album. In fact, there's a live version of this song with Garfunkel on that tour. They were kind of introducing some of these songs from this album. And, you know, it helps it a little bit just because it's Garfunkel harmonizing Simon, which always sounds good to my ear. And then uh, Garfunkel takes these bridges. Now, it doesn't save the shitty melody or the, the dopey lyrics, but it's just a little easier to you know swallow with him singing right. the people's are strangers and all that stuff. But in the same way that like probably the only dud song on a bridge over troubled water is Aaron can probably name it. Which one? What is it? <laughs> so long, Frank Lloyd Wright. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, it's uh, not the best. Because no. art singing it, you kind of go, oh, I can listen to this song because it's art singing right. it, you know? Very pretty voice. Yeah, and that's kind of what happened when, when art took this and probably would have if Simon hadn't just told art, you know what, man? This album's just too personal for me, so it's just going to be like a me. It's not going to be a Simon solo album, which pissed <laughs> off 
Garfunkel, but I'm like, what the fuck is personal about cars or cars? Right. You know, this is between me and my stupid Casio drum machine. (laughs) (laughs) Simon and Casio drum machine. (laughs) By the way, after the Central Park thing and and the tour and all that. Like Garf had like a he had like a five up on that chalkboard, and then when and then when they said he wasn't going to make the record, he goes there like it's like sadly with the eraser and like erases it, puts a zero. Again. He just he picks up the eraser and then just walks by without even looking at the board and just like drags it across as he walks out the door. Half the five's cut off. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's the story of Garfunkel, and, and it it would have been a slight improvement to the song had he been on this, but uh, it was not to be because Simon decided it was too personal of a shitty album. So now here comes the bridge, you know, again, same herky jerky, you know, like if you slam the brakes on on a car, I, maybe that's what he's going for here. <laughs> going into this bridge is is the equivalent of slamming your, the brakes on a car. Well, you know how it's quickly, like you're in a car, you don't really see the neighborhood's changing. And then suddenly you look up and go, oh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in West Hollywood. Whereas before I was in uh, Hollywood. Okay, so imagine this bridge with, with Art singing it. It makes it a little more palatable. Cars are cars all over the world. Was that supposed to be like a horn part? Yeah. They, it's like using, a harmonium? It's either a synth or something doing bad horn imitations. Like Daryl Dragon's muskrat <laughs> fucking noises. Better than that. M- more impressive than, than yeah. these phony horns they're trying to Without do. Without right a here. doubt. It's terrible. And call me crazy, but like there's probably a sound effects library in 1983 where you could just go get horns. Or walk outside with a microphone and get in your car and hit the horn. <laughs> Jesus. All right. That was more like a home. I lived in it, loved in it. Probably you know what this is fucking like? Is that, like, I don't know how well you guys know Ishtar, but mm-hmm. it's, it's the way we audition for God. Let's all play. We all get the part. <laughs> it's, it's just like that. And I think Ishtar's song is way better. <laughs> Life is the way we audition for God. Let's hope we all get the part. That's way better <laughs> trying to be funny than this is trying to be serious. You were the only person that's ever said to me, I don't know how familiar you guys are with this jar. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> One guy in the back, I am. I am. Gets an shirt on, hat or something. <laughs> I, I love tall. I'm an ish head. <laughs> <laughs> Is it me or did a lot of these kind of boomer guys think it was really wink, wink, nudge, nudge about doing it in cars? Yeah, polishing my chrome. <laughs> po- yeah, polish the chrome. It's unique about like, it's just what everybody has to do. I mean, yeah. it's universal, but like, I don't know that it's not clever because it's as clever as making toast because everyone had to do it because that's the only way you make toast. <laughs> Seems like more of a 50s thing, though, of what I hear we saying, like a 40s or 50s thing than it was right. later. Right. He, yeah, he was pro- from that era of the 50s and was probably mm-hmm. trying to make it in cars like all of us tried to do. But there's a lot of dudes who just wrote, like Billy Joel, I think, has a has a line for one of his dumb songs about making it in a car. It's not super easy when you have a long torso like me, by the way. But <laughs> yeah. like for the, these little fucks, for Billy and 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 Paul. Oh, I know. They're, 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 they can make it in a in a in a MG. 
<laughs> a smart car. <laughs> <laughs> I can bone in cars. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to make you keep listening only because the ending, there's some cool counter melodies. And in fact, Garfunkel was doing it in the live version, I heard. And so he left those in, even though he, I don't think it's art doing it. I think Paul just did art's parts because art's famous for doing those kind of like cool off kilter lines along with Paul. And so Paul just lifted his idea and stuck it on there, but kicked him off the album, which I thought was kind of shitty. But that's uh, still a minute away. Sorry, here we go. <laughs> if some of my horns had been more like my car, I probably wouldn't have traveled this far. That's unacceptable, Paul. That's yeah. unacceptable what he just did. <laughs> I, I have no idea what that means. The melody sucks. It's angering. The worst part, dude, is that he, Paul Simon, doesn't care what it means. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he yeah. doesn't care. There's no conviction in any of it. Uh, it's a soft fucking analogy at best. Yeah. That, like, we're all the same. Yeah. Fuck off, Paul Simon. <laughs> um, the only other quote I have here is from uh, a guy named Tom Taylor of Far Out Magazine was analyzing paul simon's lyrics in a 2022 article and he called it a train wreck of a track which is true but it sounds like a missed opportunity because of course it should have been a car wreck of a track right car crash yeah two on the nose (laughs) (laughs) i guess so he didn't want to be as hack as paul simon was being yeah he would have joined the hack party (laughs) fucking hell dude (laughs) shit do you think that carrie fisher was like i should have married art dude (laughs) i can get past the hair probably (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he would think he had a bigger dong, right? I mean, <laughs> that's another one for art. Art's on the board. Art's on the board. Garf's on the board. <laughs> I mean, just by body type. Yeah, he just goes, yeah. hey, Carrie, you want to come to the arty party? Huh? Hey. <laughs> Do you guys remember the, the uh, Flight of the Concords episode where his girlfriend yeah. <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Has, a, has a Garfunkel fetish? <laughs> that outfit with oh, the, right. white, yeah, yeah. the striped yeah. shirt. She makes Jermaine dress up like Garfunkel. He says, <laughs> he goes, she's talking about what, what she calls sex. She, she calls it Garfunkeling. <laughs> <laughs> Or she does, Jermaine. No, it's just fucking impossible to be around him in that outfit. I couldn't, like, there's no way not to die. Like, it's beautiful. I love it. Uh, come on. Cars are cars all over the world. Cars are cars all over the world. Here comes that part. Listen to the, ca- the counter melody is nice, but it's a, it's a Garfunkel part. That's why I like it. bad horns yeah, it's it's a harmonium he's right <laughs> yeah the kid from the hood is in there <laughs> is that is that a tonette <laughs> someone play hot cross buns The crazy song about Star Trek is better than this. 
better use of a Casio for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so that little vocal part at the end, you're like, oh, well, first of all, you could tell that Simon was struggling to sing the parts. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, yeah. it was Art's range. Um, and it was just a nicer thing that, you know, that, that the whole song could have been improved in many ways had it just yeah. been Garfunkled. Yeah. Don't wipe his tracks, Paul. Yeah. It's fucked up. Could have been a classic. Well, yeah, and that, towards the end, you finally get that sound of what their sound is. Right. The sound that everyone America loves, you know. <laughs> Jesus. Well, really, Christ. I mean, that's that. No one else sounds like that. I mean, that and there yeah. it was when he said "come along" or whatever. Those two words, it sounds suddenly like a, like a Simon and Garfunkel song or a Paul <laughs> Simon. You know what? I, yeah. Yeah. S and G. Yep. So there you go, Aaron. Thank you for queuing that up for me. I appreciate yeah. that. Absolutely. Right Glad up somebody for did him, it. Didn't you? Glad somebody else did it. <laughs> you asked for it. You got it. <laughs> I like Damon that you you were sort of okay with stopping it like about 15 minutes ago and then i asked you to keep going <laughs> like you were putting yourself into an area where i could have complained enough you said you get it <laughs> but we didn't do it we listened to it all cars are cars well Fuck. we did have to get to some stuff at the end and i didn't feel like editing yeah. it later so there you go <laughs> cars are cars so yeah that's my offering the first offering of 2024 is paul simon with cars are cars cars are cars if only Paula Cole had said, beers are beers. <laughs> she learned her lesson. Same engineer. Hey, Paul, you don't want to do that. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> All right, George, what do you got there? You know, look, guys, sure. Mike loves an easy target. And uh, I'm just going to get it right out right now. I'm not going to hide where this comes from or what it is. Um, this is right in the uh, the wheelhouse where we've been with the Beach Boys. Um couple of times from the uh, the MIU album, uh, the Maharishi International University album from nice. 1978. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I know that better than Ishtar. Go ahead. Yeah, let me, <laughs> yeah, let me find this uh, fantastic uh, quote from, um, yeah, a, uh, someone from Rolling Stone, I believe, said, this may be the most unsettling moment in the entire recorded history of the Beach Boys. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> And that was after fucking the Frankenstein song? Same wheelhouse and same right. wheelhouse as I believe your mention of um, shortening bread. Mm-hmm. Your sh- who had the shortening bread story? Was it you? It was Brian Wilson and he was talking <laughs> At to a party? Oh, Roger McGuinn. At Roger Alice McGuinn. Cooper's party or something? Or what was they that? Were, they, were, they were just writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, McGuinn was, was uh, Ding Dang. Oh, yeah, Ding Dang. And then yeah. at another party was Iggy Pop. Uh, and Elton John were at a party and, and he stopped singing short and bread. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta get out of here. You and that, that guy's nuts. And that comes from these sessions, which started, um, you know, with the adult child album. And it's just, oh, and, right. and, it, and again, it was uh, just like the, uh, Emerson Lake and Palmer thing. This was put together from other sessions, this, this album, uh, because they had to, um, fulfill something for reprise records. This is just super disturbing. It's called Hey Little Tomboy. And <laughs> if you haven't heard it, it's just it, maybe one of the most uh, disturbing moments in recorded history of the Beach Boys. <laughs> and the band, of course, was fighting and on drugs. And Brian was really super fat. And they didn't want to put the, the adult child album was canceled. So they went to Iowa to the uh, Maharishi International University uh, to, to get away from their drug dealers. You want to put the Beach Boys in Iowa. <laughs> yeah, it's no, not a beach anywhere, nor Jesus a good Christ. snort of coke. Anyway, um, let's go ahead and, and uh, let's take a listen to "Hey Little Tomboy," and um, I think you'll I think you'll be able to understand the lyrics and how disturbing they are. But I ha- I'll recite them for you if you have any trouble. Yeah, all right. <laughs> 
Beach Boys in the 70s. Buckle up for genius. (laughs) (laughs) And I know Mike's very recently voted the worst, but this song was just, I don't know how it escaped us when we were right next to it. And it just, it just. We were little tomboy adjacent. You know, things are bad when they give Jardine like eight cuts. Yeah, it's just, it's a desperate time for them. And okay, anyway, so let's. uh, Let's let's hear uh, uh, my little tomboy, or hey little tomboy, hey little tomboy, <laughs> oh boy, yikes! Hey little tomboy, sit here on my lap. I got things that I gotta tell you. What? <laughs> Whose melody was that? Like it sounded like a marble rolling around. That was terrible. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, like a, a marble. It was a toy store, and a marble fell on some toy xylophones. <laughs> and it just kept bouncing down. Uh, but who's singing the lead on this, George? It's Mike. Nice. Oh, okay. No more skateboards. Put away your baseball mitt. Your rough days are through. This is the one song that, that Mike Love didn't claim to write. <laughs> Most of that was me. Oh, yeah. I did the- just it's the same creepy voice from the uh, from the from the Halloween song. Yeah. <laughs> that, but then also there's that weird kind of he's almost doing. You know what it kind of sounds like? It's fucking the Ringo kimono voice. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, oh, uh, like just right over, like looking over your shoulder. With the, right, <laughs> right. I forgot. I didn't think of that, Aaron. You're right. <laughs> you're 16. You're beautiful. Put away your skateboard, your baseball mitt. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. So we all know that a tomboy is a girl who kind of acts like a boy. She may dress like a boy. She participates in sports and stuff like that. But I don't think you call anyone older than the age of 12 a tomboy, right? So is he singing to a 12-year-old or? Probably. Well, uh, Brian had an explanation for that or kind of an explanation. He said, it's about a little girl who is sort of a roughneck. And this guy convinces her to become a pretty girl. And sure enough, she probably turns into a pretty. She starts shaving her legs and wearing short sticks, puts lipstick on and makeup. She's a little tomboy. We're very happy with it. What? Wow. (laughs) You're going to cut down on his dosage. (laughs) This is all, this is a combination of just 300 pounds, you know, (sighs) meditation, levitation, uh, Eugene Landy, uh, all all that. It's, It's all in here just during this period of time and it's, it's sort of sad really but uh let's hear some more <laughs> oh man it is sad but that you I mean like take the microphones away and have your problems you know oh fucking record it reprise needs their record <laughs> <sighs> fucking reprise i hope you're fucking happy reprise look at this guy he's a man who's going mental yeah, a lot of business stuff here where the manager got fired and cbs wouldn't uh promote the one i think that before that was called like the beach boys love you and mm-hmm. There was, and then they they completely shelved the adult child record, which was based on the title anyway. The stuff that that Eugene, the Doctor Landy, had taught him about everybody had a duality. This song's recorded for that one. Then they scrapped the whole record, and in fact, Carl and Dennis weren't really even on this record at all. The MIU record, even though this one was recorded for something else, they finished it at MIU. <laughs> Jesus. I feel like there's a straight line between the theme of Hey Little Tomboy and the title Adult Child. Yeah, well that was when that was when he was in that mindset when he wrote the song and that's when they recorded it. The Beach Boys are never what you would have called like right next to the feminists like supporting uh women's rights 
I always was struck by the fact that Mike Love probably pretty vocally was like, I'm su- still surprised that they're allowing you guys to vote. Like <laughs> <laughs> that dude. And the other thing that's weird, though, George, is that when you're singing lead on a song, you should be able to hear your voice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's buried. It's like a it's like a demo that they just released. You know, I can't hear. I can't tell what he's saying. And by the way, and also, yes, and 1978. Has there ever been a, a record that sounded less like something that's happened in 1978? <laughs> Straight out of Fairfield, Iowa, guys. Yeah. I think Chubby Checker was making records even at this time that sounded more current and more with it. <laughs> Chubby Checker. <laughs> did you want me to read you the lyrics, um, Damon? Or did you, what, what part did you miss? <laughs> well, I would like to hear what we've heard so far. Okay. Hey, little tomboy, sit here on my lap. I got things that I got to tell you. No more skateboards. Put away your baseball mitt. Your rough living days are through. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. It starts bad on the lap. And this it, is an adolescent yeah. girl sitting in Brian's lap and getting advice on, you know, how to grow up, how to be pretty. Yeah. But it's not coming from Brian's sort of sweet uncle face. It's coming from the ancient crypt keeper <laughs> Mike Love's face with his bald ass head, so he looks even older, dude. <laughs> Letchy fucking mustard breath. You know it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdo. What's the onion, cocktail onion breath from Morris? From the- <laughs> he had a whole jar of cocktail onions and French's mustard. <laughs> Just to pump himself up to do the track. <laughs> Gone all the way down to the bottom, like the the, the knife, like just jangling around down there. Trying clink, to, clink, 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 clink. I know there's some more in here. Clink, clink. That's enough of the French's, Mike. <laughs> and the other thing about Mike is like I'm, I'm imagining him with this, you know, coaxing this girl onto his lap, and he either, as we know, wears a giant thick shirt that was designed to stop bullets, or he was in a loincloth. You know, like walking around on a beach. And I'm just imagining which one he... Or he just has the shirt on and the loincloth, you know, because a combo. And a baseball hat. And a baseball yeah. hat that says Mike Love on it. <laughs> yep, you guessed it. I don't know. <laughs> on the back it says M. Love. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. Now, another thing I want to say is, like, I'm not oblivious of the fact, and we've had this discussion before, in decades past... What you were singing about when you're singing to, quote, young girls was not as frowned upon as it is now. I'm not sitting here thinking that Brian Wilson was some sort of pedophile. I just, you know, it just they just thought it was kind of a funny or interesting angle to write lyrics about. It's just no one ever tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, man, you know, maybe rewrite this or something. We, we yeah, do what something. you mean isn't how it feels, though. And that's and that's, you know, it's not your problem that I feel this way when you didn't write it like that, I guess. But fuck, it reads like that. Ask any fucking buddy. And also, Damon, to your point, I, I think it's in the one I sent you. If you like you love to look at the comments below. Yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch where they're like, people say this song's dirty and they don't. It's just pure. It's just pure. And it's some of the best Beach Boys ever. And all the stuff you're saying, people, are, there, there's comments about that. And it's just you, you can't deny this is creepy in any in any time right. period. <laughs> and that. Right. And that I know you're talking about Young Girl, Get Out of My Heart, and the other things we talked about with Ringo and his kimono. And that was about <laughs> 16 and 17. We did a whole thing on that, didn't we? It was a Brock Eats, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's still just the way this presented in his voice, that that creepy voice. And it was so akin to me to the um, 
the creepy voice in the in the Halloween song, where there's something extra here, and they know because they took it, they refused, they, they took it off the record. They're like, we're not we're not releasing this. And then when they were in trouble and needed songs, and they were failing, you know, while they were you know taking meditation class and living in a dorm in Fairfield, Iowa, they're like, hey, maybe that's not so bad, huh? And we can leave sooner, go back to our drug dealers. Yeah. I mean, that, that's really they knew this something was wrong with this. They knew it. Like if you had done it with like a bunch of harmonies in the verse part rather than them ooing and eyeing doing their Beach Boy moves. Yeah. And then maybe would have cut it because it'd be going like, it just makes it creepier and grosser. And like, it's like he's trying to, under his breath while her mom can't hear, give her <laughs> Uncle Mike instructions. You know what I mean? Fuck that. By the way, it's, it's, it gets way worse. So okay, this yeah. isn't even the beginning of how this gets. It's just. Yeah, we're like 17 seconds in. It's mind-bottling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You could find new places to go, whoa, whoa. You could see that boys love you so, whoa. They're doing it all over the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. Tomboys great. turning into pretty girls all over the world. I would almost forgive any of these guys if they said, yeah, uh, Brian had a daughter. She was like 12 and she really just was into boy stuff. And he wrote a song to her just saying, hey, maybe it's no. time to kind of change your clothes. It, it, you know, that would have just solved everything. But they had to all get creepy about it. You know? Mm. <laughs> About to get a lot creepier, friend. (laughs) (laughs) And they're doing it all over the world implies that there are lands that don't cotton to Western culture and are are hang-ups. Yeah. (laughs) And so when they say they do sex tour of Thailand. Exactly. So when they do that line, it really makes it sound like, hey, don't hassle me, old man. Yeah. You know, I take this shit over to Bangkok and they'll fucking laud me. I'm helping this little girl. Come on. (laughs) Put me on the fucking flag. Are there any lines about Romania and age of consent? <laughs> Mike Love gets it. <laughs> oh boy! What All is right. that? A line in the corner? Uh, no, it's not. It's uh, well, look, I... this, is, this is like this is like the national song for grooming. It really is. I mean, I'm not kidding. It's not the national it's... anthem. Wait, wait till you see That's how right. it gets to. Wait till you see what it gets to. It's crazy. It's just it's crazy. <laughs> All right. Kind of four seasonsy at that point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> Another group of guys singing to teenagers. <laughs> Here comes some of the stuff. Let's go. <laughs> oh boy! Here we go. Boy, I had my eyes on you, thinking what a girl you could be. All right, wait, hold on, hold on. Where, where's <laughs> the that pace? tone? Just that tone. Yeah, the tone is terrible and scary, scary, scary. Yeah. He's really amping it up. Well, the meter is a disaster. The cadence of which he moves that melody around. Now, there's way too many words, and they're all equally gross. You're talking about the bass in this, too, because there's, there's a whole thing with them. This is when they really got into Moog and Arp and all those things, mm-hmm. all those keyboards, all those Pete Townsend things that were out then. <laughs> they really got into that on these records, <laughs> using like Moog bass instead of you know regular and... Hey, Brian, did you hear who's next? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's use that, too. <laughs> Good idea, Al Jardine. 
What are you, a cousin? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Doing it all over the world. <laughs> all right. So what were those lines I just missed? Because I can't tell what he's saying. Okay, uh, let's see. This was the chorus, basically. And the one that I find... Uh, he just see. came back to a verse, though, I thought. Yeah, Mike showed up just then, right? We yeah, just right. Hey, to little tomboy, I've had my eye on you. And by right, the way, right, 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 this right, right, is... Right. That's, you're right. That's the beginning of the next, next verse. So we just started that. And it gets far creepier. That's just the beginning of what's going to happen. Doesn't it sound here. like somebody stapled his chin to his <laughs> sternum? Hey, little... So he's like singing... <laughs> what's the same sound no as that? Was it him singing on the Halloween song or was it Brian? No, that was Brian doing What's the voices? same creepy... Uh, yeah. He was half a necrophiliac in that song. Yeah, Love what was <laughs> jealous. Yeah, he got to do voices? I was always me! <laughs> I got an uncle character. <laughs> what was it fat guy we decided it's fat guy voice <laughs> fat like, guy sarcastic wife <laughs> uh, uh, dumb monster kid doing Boris Karloff dumb monster <laughs> sarcastic wife is the okay, best here's monster here's dumb monster <laughs> oh god alright okay. All right, so he's had his eye on her let's carry uh-huh, on yep, yep. Right. Mm, my Let's try some cut off jeans. Look at all the changes I see. Oh my god. Uh. <laughs> he's actually doing like a pretty woman Richard Gere. Like she's yeah. she's changing for him, right? And oh my walking god. out. Yeah, and- if she's too old to be wearing fucking boys' clothes, she's way too old to be fucking changing in front of you. <laughs> fucking freak. And too young. And by the way, he says, Mmm, yeah. I smell perfume. Let's try some cut off jeans. Yeah. yeah. Tough stuff. Yeah. Oh my god. God, that is just like you are under arrest. It's indefensible. They're going to kill you in jail. They're going to kill you. <laughs> After he says the line about the cutoff jeans, don't you see him like putting his hand up there and twirling his finger around to make her spin? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. 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 Let's try some cutoff yeah. jeans. Why? So I can see more of your ass. Boys like that. <laughs> no, no. Pull them way up. Pull them way up. I want to see some cheek. Yeah. Do you think this was all part of like a groovy plan? Of Brian Wilson's because he already hated Mike so much at this time. Where he's like, Mike, uh, you, I think you, you should sing this, man. I can't do this justice, man. Yeah. It's clearly like a Mike love song. You know, bring some of that, you know, je ne sais love to it. There's one more line after that that really, really makes it bad. Oh boy! It, as if that wasn't the worst. This, yeah. this next line coupled with those about the cutoff jeans and the perfume. Um, the oh. next one's really. Ugh. <laughs> it's a race to the bottom. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna teach you to kiss. <laughs> <Yep>. Whoa! <laughs> well, now there's no argument. There's not even a. Uh, not, I'm gonna teach you to kiss. How come he's not putting his voice down like he had it before? When he, you don't, you don't want to bolt out to the fucking back row about how you're gonna teach this tomboy to kiss. <laughs> You need to throw that line away, like toss it out. That just reminds me of the line from from Vacation. I French kiss, so everybody does that. Yeah, but my dad says I'm the best. (laughs) Right. 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 All right. You're gonna feel just like this. (laughs) You just feel like what? Just like this? So yeah, yeah. So so that was. I'm gonna teach you to kiss. 
you're gonna feel just like the is. Because he's kissing her right then. That's the move. Like, hey, I'm gonna teach you to kiss. You're gonna feel like this. <laughs> That's not advice. That's not... That, it, it's, it's mouth rape is what it is. Yeah, dude. Jesus Christ. Here, here's what you're going to feel like. This is what it should feel like. Just open your mouth. It's okay. Yeah, it's not defensible by simpler time. It's not. This is not any not of that. To, There's not even yeah. close to that. About the cutoff jeans and the perfume and the, oh my God. Teach you how to kiss. Remember that guy that was in, that did this, uh, it was a predator and also a werewolf where he's saying like, you got to get away from me. <laughs> no, I don't. What's that? But we were doing our, our who's the grossest guy oh, oh. Uh, brackets. Yeah. There was a one song that we did where he was clearly the guy was maybe a werewolf. He said, "You got to get out of here before I change into a monster." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, but you're going to make me too crazy to control that. I won't be able to control myself. Oh, just, oh like, that guy was young more conscientious. Girl, get out of my life. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 By the way, just for like, the record, this is on the official Beach Boys YouTube channel. No, they remastered this in 2000, the one I sent you. This is the right. remastered version. <laughs> I guess that, like, whatever 12 cents a day the song makes or something is, is worth having this up for the public to consume. It's weird. And and I am looking at the comments below, George, and there are some people who like it, yeah. and I think really do, but then some people are just kind of riding that line where they pretend they like it. I mean, this guy's just obviously sarcastic. Most wholesome song of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even a matter of, like... This was never cool. It was never all right. And no. like, so it's not a matter of like reflecting on it in 2024. This was a different time. No, 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 no. He's talking about how young she was and then how she wanted, she needed to kiss him. That's fucked up. <laughs> right. He's dressing her up. And cha- yeah, yeah, change in front of the him. The story of this song is, hey, you're a little girl, you're outside. Hey, yeah, come, come here, sit in my lap. Um, put down your skateboard and your baseball mitt. It's time to, it's time to turn into a lady. I'm going to show you how. Why? Because yeah. I'm older than you and I know what I'm doing. So um, here, here's some perfume. Psst. Here's <laughs> here's some cut off jeans. And now we're going to kiss. Why do I have cut off jeans in my car? Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> How about don't worry about it? You're a fucking kid. I want to go ride my skateboard. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm reading ahead and the lyric I like coming up is, Hey, little tomboy, let's make this last. I'll show you a little thing called finger blast. <laughs> Thank you. Those are the words. <laughs> if we did this in harmony, it might be less, I don't know, unsettling. <laughs> might be less criminal. They're doing it all over the world, guys, you know. Yeah. And by the way, we can kind of stop here because all the offense is over. The rest of it's just, hey, little Tom, go, you know, it's the chorus and that's it. So Fuck. It's, it's thankfully short, you know, but so if you want to play a little more, go ahead. But there's not much left after the this crowning offense. <laughs> Do they ever come in with like some soaring Beach Boys harmonies or anything? Or is it just this garbage through the whole thing? I think it's the garbage of the whole to play it, but I, I listened to it two times, but it's, I don't think they do anything else except they sing the chorus again. All right, let's see. I'm just going to go a little bit. Sounded like he ran into the microphone. Yeah, so, so one guy just ran by. <laughs> I have some cutoffs in my trunk. <laughs> you have any cords? No. <laughs> Fuck it, jeans will work. Yeah, the tomboy girl. Hey, I like my regular jeans. No, no, come here. Take them off. Go get those scissors. No, we're going to fix these. Boys like this. 
<laughs> okay, the shave your legs line is until the end, right, George? Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking ahead at the lyrics. Calls are a fine little thing. Check her out a couple times. Lipstick we got. Wear a little makeup. Yeah, so the, the shave your legs is, the, is at the bottom. I don't think we've gotten there yet, have we? No, we haven't. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys want to get to the part where he shaves her legs? No, sure. <laughs> Let's. Here. I don't want to. I think we're on the list now. I'm sort of curious exactly. to see how this turns out. <laughs> Okay. How this how this ends? <laughs> yeah. If it doesn't end with Mike in the paddy wagon, I don't, I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. If it doesn't end with Mike getting canceled, <laughs> how is he not? By the way, good <laughs> uh, Well, all right. So I guess we're gonna skip the shave your legs part and everything. You know, I, I mean, it's like, look, I'm a sucker for those before and after shows. All right. I just wanted to see how she looked at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just trust George that it happens. Oh yeah, that's all right. I'm I'm creeped out at this point. I think that's enough of that. Yeah. Oh, boy, that is tragic. Uh what a bunch of bullshit. Happy twenty twenty four. Yeah, good start, huh? I warned you about Mike Love. <laughs> it's not super fair, really, because like it's Mike, you know, and like, he's like what the, the, my Chinese brothers and sisters wanted the Great Wall to be, like his impenetrable, uh, impossible, but you could walk around the wall if you didn't, if you had enough time. With Mike, you, there's no way to get around him. Like, he's just terrible always. He's a fucking punk. He's fucking annoying. He's a criminal, it seems. Uh, he's okay with lyrics that he shouldn't be okay with. He got fooled by Brian, is my theory. <laughs> Fooled by a guy laying in bed with a blanket up to his nose. <laughs> a guy with his bed in a sandbox. Yeah. Outsmarted. Right. And there's just gravy stains all over the blanket. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's just an abomination. And, like, I do believe that there is, as Damon said, there is a version of Cars Are Cars, stupid as it is, where Garf... Add something. He adds a little something. Like, is it good? No. Is it the words insipid? Of course. But the words are not criminal. <laughs> Couldn't be used as exhibit A through F. There wasn't an actual crime committee. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just got to give it. I got to give it to Georgie Boy with uh, with Mike Love and the cutoff jeans. <laughs> Love never fails me. <laughs> How else would we be able to see her shave legs unless she's wearing the cutoff jeans? No, so he needs to get the full scope. That's all. Yeah. yeah that's it. You want help or not? <laughs> I'm trying to help you. Boys like this stuff. <laughs> 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 Fucking gross. Thanks, George. Thanks for all that. I, I can't. I really can't believe this escaped us when I saw it. I was like, <laughs> and I was going to do it earlier, like last year, but I was like, oh, this, <laughs> I can't. We just, we beat up Mike Love too much. And now <laughs> I thought it had been long enough. And then he won the thing, and I'm like, I'm doing it anyway. I don't care. <laughs> oh. I was afraid one of you were going to find it because you were right near it. You were both right near it. I mean, this is right yeah. there in Shortened Bread, and it's right, and it's worse than both of those. <laughs> it's so fun. The other thing about it is that I had so much fun doing us goofing about Garf and as him that like I just had fun in that segment. This segment was not any fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was so scary. And and yeah, gross. and we've put the Gitmo Bros on a list somewhere. I know. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. We were, yeah. We were already on a list. We're on a worse list now. That's right. <laughs> so this is uh I can't disagree with your choice this week and George <laughs> takes it all. Love, 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 shape, shape. 
cut, offs, cut, offs, <laughs> cut, offs. <laughs> Garf's in the board. Garf's in the board. <laughs> <laughs> That's one for Garf. One for Garf. Age of consent. Age of consent. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on which state you're in. <laughs> Maybe that's why they went to fucking Iowa or wherever the fuck they were. <laughs> Fairfield. Yeah. Maharishi International University. <laughs> yeah, there's no rules over there, I'm pretty sure. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. As long as you stay veggie, <laughs> everything else is on the table. Right. Right. Write a song about a tomboy and uh, some cut-off jeans, and we'll have it take a meditation class. And <laughs> yeah. Well, let's... We have to, you know, kind of fire up Majel. She hasn't uh, participated in quite some time, you know. And see if she can usher us into uh, the sorbet segment of Ear and Loathing. I'm trying to choose a clip here. I don't even remember what I played before. If I repeat myself, I apologize. I could even edit in one that I haven't played or stop it and restart it. But let's try this one. Sorbet. The opposite of bullshit. <laughs> you have not played that one. No, okay. I don't recognize that one. <laughs> Oh, Majel, that's a funny computer. It's a good sport. (laughs) It's a good egg. All right. Well, uh, this song, I just fucking love it. Now, I probably didn't need to send the version of it that I sent to Damon, which has a bit of header on it. There is a rationale for it, and um, dumb as it may be. So, but so I apologize that it is the video, which means because it's this band, they always have a little business up front because yeah. they like to be silly. So sorry about that, but maybe Damon can explain it or I can explain it. But uh, this is uh, one of my fave bands. This is Madness. Mm. This is Wings of a Dove. Oh, great one. An incredible song on the last record of the classic Madness period. Their album after this was minus Mike Barson and uh, a lot of the fun. They got a lot more serious after this. So this is still the other version of them. Wings of a Dove, incredibly joyous song. Uh, And uh, let's start it. Yeah. All right. So do you want me to edit out the intro when we when i edit or do you want to talk about yeah you might as well right i mean like you i mean i know that i just wasted a bunch of time there saying about that but you could fix it i have to play it anyway so let's see if there's something funny worth talking about and then if not and it like i say it does kind of come to bear in what my my, one of my loves of this band is so you know if the segment talking about isn't funny it's going to be just like a typical ear and loathing episode there you go Perfect. Thank you. (laughs) New year, same bullshit. (laughs) Today we're conducting market research in the hardworking community of Camden Town. This is the market we've chosen. Okay, so it gets right into it. There's a guy who looks like a young Peyton Manning. It's the bass player, uh, Mark Mark Bedford. And he's dressed like Pee Wee Herman, it looks like. He's got the gray suit, the white shirt with the red bow tie. I don't know if that was intentional, but... Yeah, he's in Camden Town, which is where they are from, in the suburb of London. And they will often send him out to, quote-unquote, man-on-the-street interview locals about... He did it for My Girl and, I think, Embarrassment. A lot of their singles, he'll, he'll they send him out to, like, do you know Madness or do you know this song? And he gets some natural responses from people. So you said a young Peyton Manning, so like a hillbilly mongoloid? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just picture Clem Clemson dressed up like Pee Wee Herman, and you're pretty okay. much there. Okay. Got with an with a, with a English accent. Yeah. Working class English accent. So far, I liked a bit. I liked yeah. a bit. I get it. 
Behind him <laughs> is uh, what appears to be a produce market. So mm-hmm. what, yeah. whether that that plays into the rest of this bit, who knows? But let's see. No, he just talks to a, a local merchants okay. until somebody gets it. Right. right. Do you like madness? Have you heard of Madness? Yes. And have you heard of Wings of a Dove? Wings of a Dove? And do you know Wings of a Dove, one of their songs? Yeah. You do, do, you, do you know how it goes at all? No. You don't. So he's just talking to local you know, <laughs> yeah. civilians and, and asking them if, if they know the band Madness and or the song Wings of a Dove. And this like. is their hometown, so you'd think that the reaction would be <laughs> much more, of course I do. <laughs> That's not the reaction he's getting. <laughs> What, what are your favourite groups? Uh, the Devonshire Arms Footmore Club. You won't beat them 13 2 again in a hurry, I'll tell you that. Let's blow my cover immediately. Yes, yes. Can I ask you a few questions? No. Go on. I'll ask Pete Gibbons. That's it. Yes, a bit more. Um, I don't know anymore. I'm sorry. Okay, so now we're getting into the video proper, correct? Yeah, now they're, uh, it's uh, Suggs and Carl dressed as pilots standing in front of an airplane. I think it's time, Captain Carl. Pardon? Engines one. Jack. Engine two. Jack. That's got to be, I mean, for this era, that's got to be real drums, right? They didn't program yeah. that. No. Yeah, it's real drums and then just treated the fuck out of it, probably. The same way they did with uh, our house drums and most of the things on this record. But Fat-ass drum sound. I love it. And the guy's nailing it, you know? Yeah. Danny is a fucking amazing drummer. Like, really, he does so many interesting things. Uh, Grey Day and, and all their, all, like, what he's doing in our house. And, like, in fact, the, the drum pattern he plays in My Girl was the influence Bowie used for the drum pattern in Ashes to Ashes. Really? Yeah. Boom, boom, dum, ba, dap, bang, tap, boom, boom, tack, dangle, pat, boom. And he's admitted as much. And, and, And that's a huge bonus for him. I actually saw Madness open for Bowie in 83, uh, really? so he'd already, he'd already ripped them off <laughs> at this time, but like, it's a, you know, what, what are you going to get a better compliment than that? Yeah, what uh, year is this song, Aaron? 83. Serious Moonlight came out tour? 84. Yeah. 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 It was the, it was Madness, Go-Go's, David Bowie. Right. I remember that. I remember yeah. that. Anaheim Where'd Stadium, you see that? Baby. Anaheim. Yeah. Right. Okay. Fucking great. All the great music was coming out in 83. Madness, Cars Are Cars. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So this song, so here they are. This is this is madness. And for those of you who don't know, like in in our generation, they were like they were sort of a gang in a way. They're like this sort of collective English gang of friends who were just like a bunch of yabos. It seemed like a bunch of like football heads, you know. But they were they all just had so much fun all the time. <laughs> all their videos are just fun, 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 fun. They're just having a gas, and they took a lot of care in having fun with the videos. Their songs are always so fun, really inventive. It was always exciting to me that all of them wrote, all of them did. And so all of them had their hands on hits, which is also really extraordinary. Like there wasn't some like, I'm the boss and this is how it goes. As a result, they had, they had a ton of hits, uh, primarily in the UK, 
but they did fine out here. The album that most of us were aware of was the compilation that came out right around this time, just before this record, that had them in the pool uh, frame for uh, the uh, pool cue next to it, and then they're in the frame, in the triangle frame. Oh, right. They're all, right. all their heads are in there like they're balls. But I just loved them so much at the time. And again, this was that beginning of that time where like, I was like, man, I would love to be in a fun band. And then as I got older, like I, we always had fun, <laughs> but like I was never in what we were like, the Monas weren't like the funnest band in the world. We were fun to go see, but you know, it was some serious shit that I was writing about yeah. most of the time. Leave yeah. that mirth off on the side of the stage. <laughs> right. And like, and, and the same can be said with every band I was in with Dalton where like we were some of the funnest dudes in the world, in my humble opinion, but the songs were serious, serious shit. Dalton had serious things that he wanted to work out and talk about. And so when I, years later, thought I'd like to do a fun band, that was sort of the beginning of the idea of Sweet 69. And in my mind, I wanted at least seven people check on that <laughs> because i wanted to be like madness i i love the fact that they all had their own sort of individual personalities and silly little names i said that's what i want sweet 69 to be it would be neat if this could become something original and of course it, it just never was it was just no need for that it was just a cover band which is great but i loved how it appeared and how it felt and it just meant a lot to me and this song is so full of joy primarily written by uh chaz smash a.k.a. Carl, and uh, Suggs, who's the primary lead singer, but they both handled a lot of uh, the lead vocals. For people who didn't really, really know, there would always seem to be three guys who looked almost exactly alike, which was these two and Mike Barson, the keyboard player. So, uh, but let's listen to some more fun stuff. Yep. Yeah. I love the steel drum. It's great. It's fucking great. They're great steel drums. And they had a, they had a big choir and they had a horn section and they're just like pulling out all the stops. It's just that they sort of knew that this, it seems to me that this was sort of like, we know this is the last as what this feels like. So let's yeah. just blow the fucking doors out. And it's so fun. And Madness evolved. They came out of the ska scene, right? The like late seventies, yeah. early eighties oh, ska yeah, scene, thing, which was, yeah. Super influenced by the early 60s ska that was out of Jamaica. You know, Madness and and uh, the specials and guys like that. They were covering old ska songs. Yeah, mostly Prince Buster and and his, his, and his uh, peers. To that point, Damon, the Madness, interestingly, was their first single, The Prince, was the first song on Stiff Records. And then they left there to go somewhere else. And then the specials. So, like, it was, it was the specials label. But the first thing they released was... Madness is first single. Yeah. Right, the specials, yeah. Yeah. And so like and, and where and where the specials are serious as fuck, singing about way deep, serious, depressive, uh, inner city shit, that was not the case with madness. Right. You know, they could get there, they could put a point, but they would always couch it in a bunch of like joyful sounds. And and right. as as you can see, there's nothing ska-ish about this. It's just that it's up and it's dancing and it's fun, and that's all you need to be. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that Madness sort of left that ska thing behind for the most right. part and evolved into this more, I don't even know what you'd you call this, it, not orchestrated necessarily, but it's like the prog of ska. <laughs> yeah, and it's meshing in that sort of island flavor, not necessarily Jamaica, but right, like, yeah. where like you're just sort of edging it in. For middle white America, probably the second time that they heard uh steel drums in a in a hit uh in the three years 
this had been around. There was this, and then um, every little thing she does is magic. A few years before that, mm-hmm. uh, from the police. So uh, steel drums. That's that's puts steel drums are on the board. <laughs> <laughs> steel drums one. Art Garfunkel zero. <laughs> Let's listen. All right. as a kid thinking that the yeah 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 was the coolest thing in the world i don't know why it hit me so much because it's like not the hookest part of the song but it really is in there it really stuck with me at the time i love that yeah i haven't heard the song in a long time and i'm i'm enjoying the hell out of it yeah it's fucking rad dude is this a cover of one of those early 60s or is this theirs this is theirs okay because a song like the, another great one of theirs that they did in their kind of later period i believe was uh it must be love, love, yeah, love, yeah. right? The original yeah. of that is fucking gorgeous and totally different. Their arrangement is awesome. That's like a ukulele 60s song, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just thought this might be another one of those. Listen to the bass and the drums working together there. And like, what's always so impressive to me is that like you expect, say, for instance, the police to have their shit together because they are serious guys <laughs> and they make serious music and they, and with, with a groove, we're groove centric. So you expect them to have their shit together. But these guys were more like just a bunch of party guys, but their shit was so together, which is another reason why I love them so much. Cause it just felt like they were full of fun where like Sting was going to, you know, murder Stewart, you know, that's not, that's less fun. <laughs> despite Stuart's shorts <laughs> maybe he deserved it maybe mike love suggested he wear those shorts <laughs> um the, the thing about these guys i was in a band i think we talked about them before twig and the berries right. and we did a lot of the, this kind of era we did all eras of british rock but kind of heavily focused on punk and new wave and this was a band that could handily do uh do ya by ELO. Like, do, yeah, do you want my love? You know, right. like it was that's a fucking orchestrated complicated song, and we nailed it. We tried to do fucking our house. It was we did it once and it was so shitty we just never did it again. It it's was so hard number. to do that song. I don't know why it's that it's that ding 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 maintaining that through the whole song. And then there's a lot of key changes, and then the singer has to really stretch his voice out all over the place, and then the backups have to be on too, and it was just too hard. Madness was the shit. They're a really yeah. good band, and they probably don't get as much credit as they. No, it's it's finesse. It's a finessey thing. I mean, their their orchestrations and and their their arrangements are always like. And this is from like the early days. I mean, their their early days songs were even really well designed. You know, like with the the studio trickery was actually on their first record and there was, was on um, one step beyond. That's actually just like a minute and a half of a part that the engineer and the producer conspired to loop because they're like, no, this is a hit. It just needs to be a proper length. <laughs> and so they made it three minutes by just looping it thrice <laughs> and, then tr- and then showed the band. <laughs> they, they're like, this is just our intro thing. A little thing we do. Like it's not meant to be a thing. <laughs> Hallelujah, 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 
you could. I don't really know what the lyrics are to this song. I've never studied it that much. And it's I'm, not important. No, yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> this could be the lyrics for Cars for Cars and you wouldn't care because the song is so joyous and great, right? Yeah. There's so much, like, behind. The, I mean, the melody is so great. The melody is, like, awesome. It is almost unnecessary to worry about what the the content of the lyrics are and and it's and it's really just sort of the action words like you know look at the rooftop dun, 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 dun. like he's just talking about uh trying to fly into that end they <laughs> their manager had a year and a half before saw some footage of a french uh like perfume ad i think it was and all it was in the ad was this white van being dropped out of the back of a plane and falling to the ground. And the French had paid for it and made this ad for perfume or, you know, the mail or whatever, who knows. But like, so that's what they had made. So he bought the rights to the footage thinking, these crazy madness videos, we'll find a way to use this for, for madness, but we don't have to pay for a fucking airplane. So they went backwards from that. We have this. What do we do with this song and how do we make it work? And so they said, look, let's go to a, a parked airplane. That's going to be cheap. We'll all get on the airplane and then we'll show us inside of the airplane, getting into a van that's inside of an airplane <laughs> and then we'll drop <laughs> us out <laughs> and that's how we'll use it. And that's what they did. And it was just so fucking fun. And like, I love that kind of thinking. That's the dumb thing that me and my dumb friends would think about, you know, <laughs> if you were in a band and you were just having fun with things and like, and, and videos meant something then I love that. Like to have that kind of space to think about, let's make us crazy thing. And then, and throughout the videos, they're all, and almost all of them, they're all always like sharing if the camera's on you, you're probably going to be singing whatever the lead singer of that song is singing. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. like there is a, a question of like what, who does, who does what, who is that even? Like that kind of thing, you know? I love that about them. And again, why I was thinking with, with Sweet 69 is that like, can a band do this still? <laughs> like, you know, of course you need energy and, or, you know, gumption to put that kind of thing together. And then seven other assholes who want to do that all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways. The song's better than my story. <laughs> <laughs> I like that dark chord that they hit mm -hmm. right there. It's yeah, cool. very strange. It's it's like you can tell that one of their primary guys was a piano player because they did a lot of like there's music hall and sort of sophisticated chords in all their music. It's not like just bar chord buttholes, you know. It's not like that. <laughs> bar chord bennies. <laughs> bar chord buttholes was the original name of this podcast. Yeah. And it would have been successful too. We wisely changed it to <laughs> You're in loathing. Yeah. yeah. It would have been successful, but with a really particular group that, uh, you know, unsavory. Yeah. We only do songs that have bar chords in them. <laughs> kind of limited. What is that, a sus? Fuck, it's out. <laughs> Either way, we end up talking about buttholes. So it's, no, that's a good, come on. Just as God made us. <laughs> All right. So I, if anyone cares in the video, as Aaron said, like the whole thing is they're kind of like, goofing around in an airplane uh, a couple of the guys are in the cockpit and then the rest of the guys are in the back playing their horns and stuff and goofing around and also the singers are all back there 
And now we're getting to the part where we're seeing the actual plane in the air. And I think, I think the van's going <laughs> to fall out at this point. <laughs> and then from time to time, it makes no sense, but all seven guys are out on the wing of the plane while it's flying and they're holding on to each other. Right. <laughs> oh my God. It just seems like such a blast to do. Yeah. <laughs> There's also that kind of monkeys vibe, mm-hmm. you know, where there's yeah. a lot of fast motion running around, which is cool. I love it. It's so fun because, I mean, I was so impressed that the band could do this, but then also do like serious songs about like depression, like in the same record and have the same sort of silliness in those videos. Like it was, it was wild, hard to figure it out and managing the tone of the act and then having the fans accept that the tone can shift. For instance, being in the Monas where sometimes I would sing, most of the time Al would sing, then when Nat was in the band, she would sing. So there's three of us, then Damon could sing. And we would hear from people, no, 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 you had to have one thing. It's like, well, who told Fleetwood Mac that? And what, what do you mean it has to be like? What about X? Like, yeah. what are you talking about? What about it doesn't sticks? have to be fucking any. Yeah, about <laughs> sticks. Like, and like there's, it's, it's nonsensical. And so I love that when people try to say, no, it's got to be this way. And there's so many beautiful examples of it absolutely not having to be that way. This was kind of like the tail end of anything being goofy and fun. I mean, maybe the Beastie Boys after this did it in hip hop, but even they got kind of serious. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And quickly. It was one album. Like, whereas, you know, Madness had fun forever. Yeah. And and it's just everything. Everyone got kind of either smug or depressed, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. then this, this is gone. I can't, not that I stay tapped into the modern music, but what the kids are listening to. But uh, I, I I can't imagine there's anything that, that's this fun. If anything, it's just sort of like arrogant, you know? Well, like hair metal kind of did it. You could make an argument in Georgia and Georgie's defense. Like they're, they did start having fun again in fucking videos. They're having a blast, you know, whether or not it was our cup of tea, they were like doing a thing and having fun. I'm going to call bullshit on that only because they were all ripping off those great Van Halen videos. It's true. It's true. Van Halen had fun. Van Halen had fun. That's around the same era as this, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they didn't make a. They didn't make Pretty Woman until what? That's eighty two. Yeah, yeah. It's the first video they really made. Oh, okay. What always, or what makes me feel something right now is that I've never heard this song before ever. Oh, really? No, no, never heard it. And it's a great song. I'm, but totally grooving to it because it. I think it bears mentioning that also specifically Southern California and K Rock, as we've explored many times yeah. here, that yeah. this is the sound of it. And you wouldn't have been exposed to it unless you lived here, I don't think, or unless you lived in England, maybe. Well, right? then there's sort of associated stations in, um, yeah, in Boston and New York. There, like every state had a version of it, but like none was as powerful as K. Not like this, like in, yeah. And what and what what it makes me think of all the time is this band had. You guys are right that there's so much energy in what they're doing, and this sounds like other stuff at the time a little bit, you know. Like at that, mm. what one part of this sounds like that hazy fantasy song, you know? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and there, there, there's an energy with these guys you're talking about, Aaron. That is that right away you know what it is and who they are, and it makes you feel a certain way. Like you said, like Susie and the Banshees, and it's fall and it's Pasadena and that. And even me right. as someone who was going to see heavy metal bands and going to see Rat and Motley Crue and all that, still I could go to a party suddenly after I'd been in Hollywood, go to a party in Burbank and this is on and it makes me feel a certain way. And it's not like a record scratch. It's nope. a continuation no. of the soundtrack of your fucking night, Right, exactly. You know? And it's just, it's something, I've never heard it before, but still it, whatever it is, it makes me feel that way. And it's great. It's such a great 
there's so much energy in madness. The first time I heard One Step Beyond. I mean, I know we've joked about Benny Hill and with that sax, but there's something <laughs> about that sax in that song that isn't goofy. Different story. Like, it yeah. sounds like those guys are about to have the funnest time of their whole life, and John totally. Belushi's in a Cadillac with them, and they're all driving crazy. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I mean, that's what it feels like, you know? Like the impression you get is that, like, you know, it's, I'm sure some of it was put on, like with Van Halen, um, where they just yeah. weren't getting along, but they were afraid of Roth enough to just act like he was a party all the time because there was money on the other side of uh, Right, yeah. And girls. <laughs> and girls. <laughs> yeah. So how can you really have such a, a glum attitude? But th- there was an attitude, this, a similar attitude, Georgie, in, in Mr. Kickass, uh, uh, yes. the band that George fronts, and that I've been a part of, uh, and Bingo, and, and Joey played with, and, and it was like an incredible squad. But they're, the video that we did was like totally that spirit. Yeah. The, the, the pre-show thing. Right. SWAT. Yeah. Everyone's a character, you know, and like, and I, yeah, I love that. That was great. Yeah. I wish that we could be in a front band. There goes the van. <laughs> and remember the rule uh, about saxophones: if it's part of a group, two thumbs up. That's right. Damon drew a hard line in the sax. <laughs> <laughs> Did they get a like a those whoa whoa that they, that's like a um a choir or something or what is that? Yeah, there's a choir that's singing along with them. Then there's a proper like act uh, of the horn section then, that they that they got because they have a horn player in the band. Yeah, um, so I remember plays yeah. horn and and then there's uh, they have a sax guy Lee. But then for this though, there's a full proper section and then uh, the steel drum collective and then the choir. So they pulled out all the stops because they knew it had to have it like that. It wouldn't be enough for for those dudes to be the singers. Like there's not a ton of great voices in the band. There's two or three, you know. Mm-hmm. So they needed they needed a big soaring vibe. So they just called them in. They did it. That's a that's a great tune, Aaron. And it, I I thank you for turning me on to it because I, I I know who Madness is and I our house and you know I had a lot of friends that were ska dudes and mod dudes during that time, and they listen to music like this. But it wouldn't. But I never would have heard that or bothered with it, and if you hadn't brought it, so thank you. It's a good one. I'm yeah. Glad you guys like it. And then uh, you know, like there's, I encourage everybody to uh, to go get some madness. It's worth it. Um, and they're actually doing five shows in the states, which is very unusual. Um, they're not coming anywhere near either of us. Actually, it's the closest they're getting to you guys is Vegas. Um, mm. So that's too bad, but they're only Seems doing like, like here's five where shows. they want to play. <laughs> it's weird. I think that they have sort of states itis. I don't think they never really did like full long tours of here. They would come here and they get the fuck out. I think they're mm. very much homebodies. Like they would much rather just be in their neighborhood. Like Our that's house. Where they sort of <laughs> sure. come from. Yeah. <laughs> Although one of their go to destinations is always the Maharishi University in Iowa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> where it's all going down. Anyone wants to go there. Anyway. <laughs> All right, beautiful sorbet. <laughs> Let's wrap this up here, boys. And what a great return for the lads of of the ear and loathing extravaganza. We are the Gitmo Bros. We happen to be the number one rockers forever. 
we were in 22, we were in 23, Mm -hmm. we remain so in 24, and you can kiss our old asses if you don't like it. Yeah, and I don't see it stopping, you know? No. Not even close. It's gaining momentum. Yeah. Bromentum. (laughs) Get momentum. Ramming speed. (laughs) Yeah. We did it, boys. All right, guys. Good to be back. We're back. Yes. Slipped right Look in. at us. We're back and more powerful than ever before. We'll see you guys on episode Head Scratcher 69. Ooh, ooh. Oh. Talk to you later. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Ear and loathing. I mean, get the fuck out of here. Mom! Take it easy. Lower it. I don't I'm not going to lower it. I have to do this now. I don't mind you playing it, but lower it. Tune in next time for more Ear and Loathing. End transmission. Goodbye.